Welcome to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty, and we're talking about stewardship today in the world of work. This is a continuation of our uh, previous discussion on the topic of stewardship. Uh, but today we have a very special guest, a uh, good friend of mine, John Kaplan, who is the president and founder of Corvantis Consulting and former chief learning officer of Discover Card. Uh, welcome to the show, John, and uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Hey, thank you very much, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so I'm a lifelong uh, learning and organizational behavior kind of guy. I actually got my start uh, years ago as a, as a high school teacher. I taught uh, economics and government to uh, 12th graders in inner city Oakland. Uh, I got a chance to open a charter school and I bounced around in sort of Northern California for a little while. I joined the technology sector and went to work at, uh, at a small little mom and pop company called Oracle, trying to make an honest billion here or there. And uh, uh, I then moved from uh, Oracle to another small company uh, called Visa. And I worked at Visa running learning programs and I eventually ended up at Discover. Uh, at Discover, I was their chief learning officer. And about two years ago, I decided that there was, uh, there was probably more opportunity to impact people's lives positively outside of Discover than inside of Discover. At Discover, it's a company of about 20,000 employees. And I just felt like, you know, uh, there were more opportunities to make a meaningful dif difference in the world, um, you know, working outside than, than inside. And uh, I uh, Discover is a wonderful company, but I've really enjoyed myself uh, working as an independent consultant. That That's awesome. So, uh, Perfect guest to be talking about uh, about stewardship here. Uh, I'm going to spring this question on you, but don't be don't be scared about it. Uh, just kind of what what does stewardship mean to to you? Let's get started there. Yeah. So in my mind, being a steward means means you're entrusted with the preservation of uh, an organization, an object. It's your 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 responsibility for the long term more than the short term and you have an accountability that once you move on you have left things um, uh, um, equal or as better than when you inherited them and so i think of this I, when i was a kid i spent a lot of time uh, backpacking in the sierra nevada wilderness and that was always the ethos is, is leave you know leave the world better than than you found it so if you ever saw any trash on the trail you pick it up and uh, there was this sense of being collected stewardship over nature and that's something that i've carried through you know those lessons i've carried through my entire life so mom and dad just let you go wander around in the sierra nevadas <laughs> yeah it was you know raised raised by wolf cubs no i mean you know i, was, I um i had a there's a um i did a fair amount of backpacking with my family and, you know, I said organized groups, but, uh, you know, um, I, I, I mean, I think there was sort of an ethos that came out of the, the 1970s sort of backpacking culture that, um, that, um, you know, that I've held very dear to me throughout my life is that, you know, we're all collective stewards of the environment and uh, something that, uh, you, you know, you encounter this when you're on the trail with people. I mean, people are, you know, they sort of try to try to, you know, sort of help wilderness as opposed to, to harm it. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's a wonderful frame. Uh, so now let's turn to the to the world of work. Uh, and, you know, kind of practically speaking, what are the reasons why a leader might uh, need to think of him or herself as a steward rather than the frame of a, of a boss or a manager? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think when you think of yourself as a boss or a manager, it puts a lens on what your work is, and your work is to, you know, your responsibility is to dictate work, and um, it makes your your work world very individualistic. And you know, I've always felt that thinking of yourself as a steward makes it more of a community practice, and you think about how you can engage. A, a broader group of people towards a specific purpose. And I would say that's the second thing that it creates. It creates a sense of purpose. And I, honestly, I think, I think it's, it's difficult to, to come to work every day with a sense of purpose. And I think you have to construct that for yourself. And I think if you have to, if you have to construct your sense of purpose based on the company vision and mission statement, I, you know, I think you're, you're in for some long days at work. I mean, oftentimes the company mission statement is, you know, to be a profitable entity. And that's just a really hard thing to sort of invest yourself in. And so in my mind, you know, um, thinking of yourself as a, as a steward creates a whole level of engagement, at least for me, because I think of my work as, um, as part of a community. And I think of myself as trying to obtain some sort of long-term purpose that transcends both me and the organization for whom that I, for whom I work. Yeah. I, I get kind of caught in this, in this trap where, um, you know, I, I'm an educator and I've been both professional educator and, uh, and in higher ed and this, you know, this sense, this built-in purpose that, that we have, uh, I, I just thought that that was how it was, you know, that very, that, that natural, uh, that natural alignment of my internal uh, need to help uh, other people learn and grow with that of the business or the institution that, that, that I was working for. But you're right, many, uh, many folks uh, don't, don't have that, uh, don't have that luxury in, in, the, in the place where they work. You know, you know, it's interesting just to think about um, the, the, the rise of sort of Milton Friedmanism in the workplace that the corporation's sole responsibility is to return profit to shareholders. And I think that creates a, kind of a, a, a rootless um, um, organizing principle for, for companies. And it actually is very difficult to act ethically if your only goal is to return you know, more net income every quarter than, than the quarter before. And I think that's one of the things that stewardship creates. Stewardship creates, um, I think, a better ethical decision-making process. It's like a filter that you can run all your decisions through when you think about, you know, should we, should we go left or right? Should we do A or B? If you, if you consider yourself a steward of the organization and maybe of the, the enterprise itself, it makes it easier to think of broader concerns rather than the narrow concerns of sort of just turning, returning profit to shareholders. Yeah, so I think that's a great, uh, great uh, connection point into the short term versus the versus the long term, you know, we, we live in a what have you done for me lately, uh, kind of a society. So how, how can you balance the short term mindset, you know, the driving for uh, profit and results with uh, with long term objectives. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there are always going to be short-term objectives. I mean, you know, our the 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 rent is always due at the at the end of the month, right? And you always have to, you know, your your um, permission to continue is based on fulfilling a set of obligations that you have. It, you know, in my mind, a, a lot of the the short-termism that that goes on is because people aren't very good at sort of connecting short-term wins to long-term objectives. And in my mind, I mean, I always try to think about short-term wins as creating political capital that you could eventually spend. And I'll give you an example. I mean, at, at Discover, um, I spent, I was there 10 years, you know, short-term win after short-term win. And, and there was this thing that I wanted to do. I wanted to bring free college to our, uh, to our call center agents. And, you know, um, in the United States, call center work is, you know, many respects, the bottom rung of the economic ladder. And people come to work in call centers, you know, there are very few people that have a college degree. And as a result, you know, their economic prospects are rather limited. And, you know, there's this dream that I had, I read about Howard Schultz and Starbucks, and I thought, you know, this is something that would be great for Discover to create a degree program where if you work at Discover, Discover would pay all your tuition and all your books and supplies and fees and help you register in an online degree program. And, you know, I'd run the numbers and it didn't seem like that was, uh, that was an outlandish thing to try and do. Um, especially when you start thinking of the brand that you could you could build. But essentially what I did, I mean, I, I, I spent kind of six years preparing for this by banking every single win that I could and building as much political capital as I could. And then when the time, when the opportunity presented itself, I kind of cashed in all my chips and I said, this is really what I'm going to go all in on. And, uh, you know, we did establish that program and that's something that I will be, you know, forever proud of. But I think it's it's keeping those long term those long term objectives in the back of your mind as you you know you 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 achieve short term objectives because the two the two can be connected if you're if you're thoughtful about it. Yeah, I think that is uh, for our. Uh, I don't mean to be ageist here at all, but you know I'm I'm a little farther along on the age curve, and I believe you are too. But for for our younger listeners uh, who are just starting out, I, I think that's the that's really the point to punch here is uh, be thinking about both the short term building that capital uh, and uh, in and then what do you want to do uh, with that capital? I, that's a that's a wonderful story. So uh, you know, moving along, what are what are some of the activities uh, that our that our listeners can uh, can think about to promote stewardship within their organizations. Yeah, I mean, you, you, if, uh, you have to bring everyone along in thinking about a, a being a steward. I mean, you can't, you know, I mean, um, a, what, I mean, I think who said this, that, uh, that a leader without followers is, ju is just a guy taking a walk, right? And so, you know, you have to sort of figure out how you can bring everyone along with you. And, you know, I think there are a few things you can do. You know, one is establishing a really clear, clear vision and purpose. And I, I think, honestly, you can do this at all different levels. You, you, this doesn't have to be, if you're working at a company, it doesn't have to be the company vision and purpose. I mean, as a, as a department, as a team, as, a, as an organization within a big company, you know, you can craft a vision and a purpose that makes sense for you. For example, I'll tell you a story of the guy I knew um, in the finance department. I mean, he was really struggling because it's like, how do you create, how do you create vision and purpose when, you know, really your job is just to balance the books every month. And like, that was a really hard thing to create some degree of, 
of uh, of you know motivational factor in the in the work itself something that transcends just you know sort of coming in and doing your job and i mean what he came on is that really when you think of of, of publicly traded companies um in the the financial statements are essentially the stamp of integrity and like for him the vision of his entire team was was promoting integrity of the the enterprise and that became such a good way of creating a shortcut to understand what that department was responsible for and how to make decisions because everything they had to had to decide about was around financial integrity and so you know they could whenever there was a decision of a or b left or right it was always you know okay well if our purpose here is to promote the financial integrity of the organization you know which is it a or b left or right right so i think vision and purpose is is one thing that's super important i think secondly building buy-in i mean you have to be out front and talk about what you're trying to do and give people opportunities to engage in the in the vision and the purpose and the in the decision making of the organization and i think if you're going to be you know you 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 can't make decisions as uh as a sort of as an as an entity in and of yourself i think you have to engage your team for you know for how to build consensus decisions because i think that's the only way that people actually buy into the to the organization and the vision. And the third thing I think you have to do is you have to get comfortable with conflict. I mean, if you really are sort of engaging with your department and your your coworkers about, you know, how to make decisions for your for your organization, I think you have to be really comfortable with people arguing about, you know, what the right thing to do is. And I think being, you know, one of many in these kind of arguments as opposed to the leader who has the final decision is actually really helpful in, in creating that kind of buy-in where people feel like their voice was heard you know they had they participated in the discussion they shared all their fears and concerns and you know if if everyone heard their fears and concerns and they're not they're not worried about it you you know you're probably a little bit more comfortable with you know the direction if you had an opportunity to voice your dissent even if you don't even if you don't get your way yeah, for, for our listeners who are trying to make sense of uh, kind of diversity, equity, and inclusion conversations, this last point is a version of inclusion that, uh, that's really quite straightforward to, to implement a, as a leader within your team, your functional area, whatever your purview is. But you, you at the same time, have to be comfortable with, uh, with people saying, no, I, I, don't, I don't agree, and here's an alternative. And now let's uh, work uh, work toward compromise. So uh, the the leaders got to have those uh, those big ears uh, to to really to really listen. Um, so let let's conclude our conversation with the blockers and and the challenges. You know what what are some of the things in your estimation that stand in the way of uh, of a leader adopting a stewardship mindset, and and how do you get over that? Yeah, so you know, um, it, it's you know this actually. I think about a a professor in business school who was sort of talking about the differences in uh, interests in between your general contractor and the homeowner. So you hire a general contractor, and a general contractor it does a, bu- a bunch of work, and you know, um, and leaves a bunch of stuff undone. Right, gets final check, boom, you know, gone. And so how do you manage that situation where interests diverge? And the question is, is the best way to do it through a thicker and thicker contract? And I think that's honestly 
the the approach of you know most companies is that when they want to control behavior they do it through thicker and thicker and more arcane contracts you know well let's let's change the incentive structure let's hold back some of their pay and 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 have a more a clawback arrangement with them in case anything goes off the rail let's you know i mean there's a many things that you can do and ultimately the um probably the better way of approaching those situations is to create more authentic connection between people. And I think, honestly, if you have a, a, a legal department that says, hey, the way to fight short-termism, the way to fight short-term behavior over the interests of the collective, over the interests of the long-term, is with a really complex employment contract, you're probably going down the wrong, the wrong path. The better way is through a collective sense of, 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 of mission and vision and a sense of purpose. And that's sort of hard to do. And it's really hard to teach, you know, to, to sort of convince lawyers that like, hey, we probably don't need that really, really thick contract if we just engage people in more authentic decision making and we have a better, better sense of purpose and a better sense of mission. But ultimately, when you can engage people through culture as opposed to contracts, you end up with a more successful enterprise. And so what I would say is that, you know, if you ever have a choice of, of, of implementing a, a, a really, really robust employment contract that sort of tries to protect all the downside of the terrible things that people can do, you know, you may have gone down the wrong path that maybe you should think about culture as a much more effective, uh, you know, uh, um, arbiter of people's behavior than contracts. Yeah, I love it. Culture, culture uh, instead of contracts. That's uh, that's a nice thing for our listeners to to uh, keep their keep their eyes on in the future. Well, John, this has been a, a wonderful conversation about stewardship in the world of work. I think you've added a great deal of value uh, to uh, for for our listeners today. Uh, this is uh, Andy Tempty and the Balancing Act uh, podcast. Uh, we, we, we drop seasons uh, periodically, and this is all, uh, uh, and, and, uh, and you can also uh, buy the Balancing Act uh, book from Amazon and, and other, uh, other, other locations. John was, uh, uh, was, was, uh, was very helpful to me in the early stages there and read, read, the, read the early copies of the book and provided a great quote, so I want to thank you. Uh, so much for helping me sell four more books. <laughs> Great book. I, I really enjoyed it. I, you know, I hope it sells well. It's a, it was a really wonderful book. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank, thank you very much. And thank you everyone for listening.